Everyone, welcome uh, to Friends Church, to those that are here in person, those that are listening online. We're just uh, happy you're tuning in to the spiritual gym this morning. Uh, thanks, you guys, for that music. This is, uh, you know, I listen to that song, Be Still and Know. You know, when you walk through the, the dark times, you know, as sunny as it's been outside and beautiful, how many know that life, regardless of the weather, it can sometimes happen and clouds roll in. Boy, I tell you, over the summer, we've watched some people walking through some difficult times. That's the beauty of a spiritual gym, of community, being able to rally around people regardless of whether the, the weather in their lives is uh, blue skies or whether it's dark, you know? And when you have someone, when you have people around you that are cheering you on, maybe just lifting your hands when they're weak, maybe just giving you a phone call, checking in. This, this, you don't realize just how valuable it is until you're caught in the middle of a storm alone. And I tell you, if the pandemic has taught us anything, it's the value of relationships and people that often we just took for granted. Getting together, seeing them face to face, being close, connected. Tell you part way through this pandemic, you begin to realize in a community like this just how valuable those moments were that we created for people to come together to meet, hang out. How many times people would just go, ah, you know what? Yeah, I've had a busy week, whatever. You come through that and you go, no, I need to make time. So we're thinking a lot about that. You know, a lot of people are away right now on vacations, and we're encouraging that. But this fall. As people return, we're full on in getting ready to create spaces and groups and opportunities for people to come together and, and connect with each other, to build friendships and relationships that hold us in these times where we're holding or maybe they're holding us. We, you know, it, it's the beauty of community is we all take a turn. And so if you haven't really thought much about your community, maybe since the pandemic, it's, it's just been immediate family, maybe those that are directly in your path. Work, maybe your home, maybe your next door neighbor, maybe. I really want you to, to think deeply about the community that you have built or that maybe has disappeared over the last while and ways that you might want to reinforce it. We're meeting with a bunch of leaders today who are going to be stepping out and launching groups over the next little, probably throughout September. Men's groups, women's groups, hiking groups, gaming groups, discussion groups after a Sunday. Just opportunities for people. You know, it's not like you have to become best friends with these people, but you build a community, people who are on a spiritual journey, who you can talk openly with, share your stories, who maybe we'll check in from time to time. And we'll expect you to check in on them every now and then too. The relational fabric of our society has gotten pounded apart. And we need to begin rebuilding. And so this is part of that effort. You'll hear more about it over the next number of weeks. You'll see slides going up. You'll see stuff online. If you're interested in being a part of something like this, if you've never maybe done this before, I invite you to at least reach out and, f and find out a little bit more how often it happens, the kinds of groups that are going on. This is really healthy. This is healthy for the spiritual journey. You can't do it alone. 
That is the truth. You can't do this alone. All right. Look, at it's, uh, I want to take one other opportunity to just thank you. Thank you for your generosity. Friends Church really relies completely on the donations of our community, individual donors. Many of you, the overwhelming majority of you, are giving through pre-authorized giving format. So you, you commit to giving to this ministry, this vision of helping people make the world a little bit better monthly. And it just gets pulled out of your checking account or your visa or whatever. And that helps us enormously. And so I just want to take a moment to thank all of you that are participating in that as well. I've met some people who have joined uh, Friends Church over the last number of months, even over the last year. You've been checking us out. We apply zero financial pressure, but if you believe in this place, if you believe that what we're doing, the messages that we're cranking out, the opportunities for the training for the kids and the switch students and just the stuff that we're about, if you believe in this place, I got to tell you something. We need more partners to make this work. We've been on a slow bleed throughout COVID. COVID hurt us financially, along with so many. And every now and then, a big donor will kind of infuse this thing. But the truth is, we just need more partners to step in. So if you aren't yet, maybe you are and you just haven't looked at what you've been giving and perhaps you could do a little bit more, whatever it might be, without zero obligation or pressure, I just just invite you to consider either growing your partnership, becoming a partner, helping us continue to do this thing we call the spiritual gym. All right. Look at, uh, we, we got a good morning lined up. You're going to enjoy this. Vince? Thanks, Jeff. Good morning, everybody. I want to start um, at the beginning of the pandemic. Trevor, last week, kind of gave us through a timeline of the pandemic. Did anyone hear that? That was profoundly troubling, wasn't it? Two and a half years. I remember there, I flew down the weekend the pandemic kind of hit to see my family in Winnipeg. Flew down on Thursday morning. I can't spend more than three days with my family, so in and out. (laughs) Flew down. Um, Airports were normal. Lines were long. It was annoying. Everything sucked. Normal airport stuff, right? Three days later, I came to the airport. It looked like it was closed because there's no one there. I got through security in minutes. I was on a half full plane. Everyone was kind of looking at each other going, like, what's going on? And are you patient zero? Remember that feeling? (laughs) For the first year, we walked through our lives looking at everyone like, you know, I'd see my friends, and then they'd be like, oh, so yeah, I was out with some friends last night. I'm like, sorry, what, what did you just say? You were out with friends last night? Can you wear a mask, please? You know, a couple of years ago, we talked about how our brains work in relationship. And one of the things that we learned from a guy named Stan Tatkin, an uh, uh, incredible researcher, a couples counselor, he says, our brains have this old part of the brain called the amygdala. It's this really old part of our brain, and it has one job, to catch every threat to your physical, emotional, and social safety. Every threat. Think of your amygdala during this pandemic. If it was a muscle, if that was your bicep, it would be like this big, wouldn't it? 
for the last two and a half years, our amygdala has been running half of our lives. You're going to the grocery store and you know you're like trying to get past somebody on the aisle because it's like, I don't know how close they are to me. That's our amygdala saying there's a threat. I was dirt biking a couple weeks ago in McLean Creek. Does anyone know McLean Creek? Y'all should know McLean Creek. It's beautiful. 45 minutes out of town. I'm coming around a corner and I swear to you, I see the back end of a lion. You know, like golden with the, the tail and the bushy end on the tail? My amygdala loses its mind. I slam on the brakes. The guy's behind me just about smoking to me. And I'm like, I saw. And then I swore a lot. Lion. An actual mountain lion running down my trail just in front of me. What do you think my amygdala thinks of that? It's not a fan. In fact, even now, when I go dirt biking, and I'm covered in body armor. There's like five of us. We're on dirt bikes. They're really loud. Whenever I go around the corner, I'm thinking... There's a mountain lion here, and this is his trail, and I'm on his trail, and there's a pretty good chance he's going to eat me. That's the job of your amygdala. How's your amygdala feeling these days? You ever been to a movie theater? So this is a funny thing. Our amygdalas are really, really good. They find threat everywhere, right? You know, mountain lion, freak out, got it, perfect. You're in a movie theater, you're in Calgary, in a movie theater, air-conditioned with all these people, you're watching flashing lights on a screen in front of you, and suddenly an alien from like 2032 jumps out in front of you, and you're like, ah! Is there any chance that there's an alien who suddenly showed up in that theater in front of you? And yet, we jump. Have you thought about how ridiculous that is? You're literally sitting in a movie theater, jumping at lights in front of you about a movie from an alien who's not even here. It's some science fiction movie in the future. Does your amygdala care? Your amygdala's only job is to never miss a threat. It will tell you there's threats all over the place. It doesn't care if it's wrong. It just cares that it never misses one. So we have mountain lion threats, our amygdalas, that's our job, right? Physical safety. There's a mountain lion sitting in a tree, watching me ride down its trail, ready to jump on me. That's a threat. It's not illogical, completely logical. Then we have this perceived threat where I could show, I was actually going to do this just to F with you guys a little bit. I was going to like have it flash pictures of like snakes and lions and like all these horrible pictures just for a millisecond. So all your amygdalas were freaking out. I thought that'd be really fun, wouldn't it? And then I was like, wait. Maybe that's not the nicest thing I've ever done in my life. At a time three years after a pandemic, when our amygdalas are all redlined, we're trying to figure out how do we, how do we deal with this part of our lives? So we have physical threat, flashing lights, perceived threat, threats that it just made up. We also have social threat. I used to climb a lot before they closed the gyms. And I'd, you know, I was every week I'm at the climbing gym. It's kind of like my second home. But I would see new people show up to the climbing gym. Anyone climb at a climbing gym? Anyone been to a climbing gym? There's like a whole system of rules of what you do. You walk and you take your shoes off because we don't want dirt in the climbing gym. But you put your shoes in this public space where you're thinking the first time, are people going to just steal my shoes? Like, how does this actually work? 
And then you don't know who to talk to and you don't really know what to wear, so you're kind of like awkwardly standing in the corner like, uh, um, um, that's your amygdala seeing social threat. It knows that you're in a new place with a new culture and new stuff going on and it knows that you don't know what to do. And it's programming from, you know, tens of thousands of years ago says, if you can't fit in socially, that is a threat. Think about it. Your brain is still working on the hunter-gatherer system. There's 20 of you. If they kick you out of the you know, little group of hunter-gatherers, you're not going to be able to make it on your own. There's no 7-Eleven where you can just go get a Slurpee or something like that. You have to hunt in groups. You have to be together in groups. So your brain, your, your amygdala is looking for social threats. It's looking for places where you might do something a little bit funny or a little bit different than everybody else. That's a threat. You walk into a pandemic. How close do I stand to somebody? How far away? There's a physical component, but there's a social component too. Should I make the same decisions as everyone? Can I make my own decisions? How do we do this? How do I fit in? How do I have autonomy? Your brain's freaking out through all of this. Anyone can feel your amygdala right now kind of like you could feel these moments where things went, were felt unsafe, where, where things felt scary, where, where you felt like, oh, wait, I'm not part of the group. What's going on here? At the best of times, our amygdala is going crazy. But during a pandemic, it's literally the worst case scenario for our, our amygdala. Our amygdalas are freaking out all over the place. And so the question I want to ask today, the question I want you to ask is, how do you calm your amygdala down? Does anybody know? I've been thinking about that all the last couple of weeks. I just see a counselor chuckling at me. She actually does know the answer to this. <laughs> can you, uh, I was thinking about how do I know this is happening? Esmond, can you throw up my calendar from 2019? This is my calendar from 2019 last year. All the green stuff is work. All the purple stuff is stuff outside of work. It's not crazy busy. It's summer, so it's kind of slow, but it's fairly solid, right? Most of those green busies is meetings with people. Friend Church is the spiritual gym. A lot of the work that we do is to try and help you gain awareness. Can you throw up that spiritual journey model slide for me, Esmond? We're going to come back to my calendar in a second. A lot of what it is is to try and figure out who are we, find awareness of who are we and, and who are they, who are the people in our lives, and how do we come to a sense of we, but I got to know who you guys are in order to know how to build what you need to find this journey. And so most of my time was spent meeting with people, talking, where are you at? What's your journey like? What are the pain points? How's it working? Three years later, nearing the end of a pandemic, can you throw up my calendar from this year? Looks a little sad, doesn't it? You see how few meetings I have? Do you see how few moments of people-to-people interaction I have? If I put your calendar up there, what would we see? Something similar? 
And part of this is me. Part of this is, I don't know, maybe my amygdala is still kind of freaking out a little bit. Like, you know, how do I do this? Even, you know, asking someone for coffee, there's this kind of social threat there that's like, oh, uh, do you do coffee? How do you feel? What's going on? This is navigation, part of me. Maybe he's a bit nervous. Maybe I've gotten into bad habits where I just don't. And so what I see in myself, and since I'm meeting with y'all, I see y'all in my calendar, is a lack of connection. A lack of overlap. And I think it's because our amygdalas are still freaking out. They're still trying to figure out how to keep us safe. But now it's from what? Remember, our amygdala is not that smart. It doesn't really care that it's right. It just cares that you stay safe. And so it's saying to you right now, there's a threat. But it just doesn't know what it is. So how do we get our amygdalas to calm down? I went to history to start to read, and it was like, well, we've been through pandemics before. There must be some good stuff written on this. I read about the Spanish flu. They basically said the Spanish flu happened, and then there was debauchery, and it was done. And I thought, well, we had the stampede, so the debauchery part's done. (laughs) Everyone feeling good now? We're all good? We're all back to normal again? It's like, oh, that wasn't very helpful. Then I went back to a story from our spiritual ancestors of a guy who I think actually helps us understand what we're going through and how to come out the other side. How to get us back to life of rich connection like Jeff talked about. How to remind our amygdalas that we are not in the middle of a pandemic anymore. There's not threat everywhere. How do we find our way home again? Now, his story is, I'm going to say it this way, he was born in a pandemic. It's technically not. He was uh, an Israelite. His nation got taken over by another, country, or another nation. They traded places a few times. But he's basically born living in a foreign country, in a foreign culture, as kind of like um, a political enemy that's living among them. What do you think his amygdala is doing for most of his life? He could be killed at any time. He's not part of the culture. He didn't grow up in the culture. He doesn't know the right things to do, the wrong things to do. Social threat is everywhere. And so when I read his story, I realized, oh, wait, he's kind of living through what we're living through. This heightened sense of anxiety. The sense of threat. And then the king, so they traded a couple places, the last king, King Cyrus, he sends out a decree. We actually think we have the physical decree he sent out. Can you throw it on the thing, Esmond? So back in the day, you could just take one of these little discs, and you see all those little nicks? That's writing. And basically he says, all you political refugees, all you people who we, we brought here so that your people wouldn't revolt, you can go back home now. The pandemic's over. And so, of course, everything went back to normal, didn't it? Ezra, who lived his whole life 
with a heightened sense of threat, with his amygdala freaked out, his entire people groups the same way, is sent back home, and it's a mess. Because he thinks, like I think we're thinking, the pandemic's coming to an end, our brain should just go back to normal, right? I was alive before the pandemic. I remember what it was like. It should just go back to normal, right? And yet, if we look at our calendars, I'm not sure that's what we see. So Ezra comes back, and he he tries to to rebuild his culture, but it's not going well. And so when the writers talk about it, they actually don't talk about it as coming back. They use a different word. They call it an alia. Alia means to come back home once you've been away for a while. It's different than a sense like the pandemic happened and now I'm just going to come back to normal again. It's a deliberate journey back to something that's kind of similar, but it's different. It's new. We aren't the same people we were two and a half years ago. The idea that we can just snap our fingers and everything's back to normal, it doesn't work that way. Alia says, oh, this is a new skill set we need to hold. Alia says that if you think everything's just going to go back to normal when the threat's done, good luck. That's not how your amygdala works. And here's the first piece I want to say about Alia. This is the part that really struck me. I've been reading a lot about willpower lately. And one of the things we know about willpower is if you tell people that something's going to be easy and then it's hard, our brains don't do well with that. If you tell them it's going to be hard and then it's hard, our brain's kind of like... You know, pulling up my big boy pants. It's like, okay, let's get this done. Here's the thing. Alia says, it's not easy coming back. It's remarkably difficult to come back home after a pandemic. If you think this should just go easy and smooth, that's what I realized as I was reading this stuff. I was like, oh, I thought it was just going to be like, falling back into a comfortable chair. It's something familiar. I knew it. Ezra says, Alia is going to take work. For us to get back to what we knew is going to take effort. I don't say that to discourage you. I say that to say it's possible. We can find this again, but it's not just going to happen magically. Now, is in Alia, one of the things in coming back is there's another part of your brain that needs to get uh, fired up. The amygdala has been running the show, trying to keep us safe. It's beautiful. But there's another part, and we can tell that we need this other part. And, and let me, I'm going to read a quote, actually, from back in those days. And I want you to ask yourself, does this resonate with kind of my life these days? Esmond, can you throw up the Haggai quote for me? Haggai's a prophet, so basically he's a person that says smart things to people. In this case, he's calling out these people who've come back, who've alliad. And he says to them this, take a good hard look at your life, think it over. You've spent a lot of money, but you haven't had much to show about it. And they didn't even have Amazon back in those days. 
You keep filling your plates, but you never get filled up. You keep drinking and drinking and drinking, but you're always thirsty. You put on layer after layer of clothes, but you can't get warm. The people who work for you, what are they getting out of it? I like this. A a leaky, rusted out bucky. That's what. Take a good, hard look at your life. Our amygdala is not designed to live a full life. Our amygdala is designed to keep us safe when we're under threat. And it tends to spin like that. Can you feel some of that in your life? Doing things the same, but it's not the right result. Spinning our tires. When I read that, I was like, oh boy. Second part of Alia. Alia needs this part of her brain that Stan Tatkin calls our ambassadors. It's the slower part of our brain. It's the part of our brain that takes an incredible amount of energy, so our brain never wants to use it because why? The amygdala takes no energy. Alien shows up on the screen in the movie theater. Ah! Don't have to think about it. Have you ever wondered, though, why you don't run out of the theater screaming? The alien's there. Ah! You know, you're the person running down the hallway out of the theater still screaming. No. At some point, very quickly after you freak out, you stop yourself and you go, oh, <laughs> that's just lights on a screen. <laughs> There's no actual alien here. Whew. That's your ambassadors. They come on a little late. (laughs) Wouldn't it be nice if they came on before you screamed, before you jumped? It's not how it works. The amygdala is there first. Oh, is there a threat? Yeah, probably. I don't know. There's mountain lion, but maybe not. Who cares? Jump. And then your ambassador goes, whoa, 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 whoa. What are we seeing here? Is this actually a threat? During the pandemic, our ambassadors were not needed. We put them in a closet. We closed the door. We put a padlock on it because we're like, don't be thinking too much. We got threats everywhere. Here's the thing. When the people of Israel came back, Ezra became the ambassador. He represented that part of our brain that we need right now that says, hey, amygdala, I know you see threat everywhere. And thank you for keeping us safe. But I don't think the threat's the same anymore. So here's the thing. As our amygdala freaks out, it doesn't, again, it's not very smart. It doesn't go, okay, wait, there's a pandemic, so I need to be scared of viruses. But people are different than viruses, so I don't need to be scared of them. I just need to be scared of the virus. It doesn't do that. It says there's threat everywhere. People are a threat. If I call up a friend and say, hey, do you want to get together for a drink? And they go, uh, it's a busy week. My amygdala sees that as a threat. And after years and years of threat, it doesn't want you to experience that threat. Can you see now why our social systems have slowly started to degrade? Our social support systems have slowly closed up. It's because our amygdala is running the show. The ambassadors are still locked in the closet someplace. We got Ezra in the closet saying, it's okay, you actually like people. The amygdala is going, shut that guy up right now. 
Alia coming home. It's going to take two things. It's going to be hard work, but we have all the pieces inside of us to do this. We have to use the ambassador part of our brain to talk to our amygdala and say, hey, it's okay. The threat isn't as big as you think it is. There's maybe a threat over here, but it's not the same as this threat. Isolation from a virus is different than isolation from people. So let me ask you, where in your life is your amygdala running the show still? Where are you still a little nervous? Where is it almost habitual nervousness? We've let parts of our lives go because... How do you bring your ambassadors back online? I'm going to invite the band back up. I was sitting in the, the chairs listening to them rehearse, and they played a song that I don't think was written in this way, but when I heard it, I heard a conversation between our amygdala and our ambassadors. Because if you tell your amygdala to shut the heck up, you know what it does? It ignores you. If you try and suppress your amygdala, you know what it does? It just gets louder. If you treat it with disrespect, if you don't listen to it and honor it, it just starts to freak out. And then you're working with mental health professionals going, I got to figure out a way to calm this thing down. But if you hold one side of your brain, that part of you that goes, wait a second, there's more than threat right now. There's people. There's healthy behaviors. There's connection. There's social support. And yeah, there's threat in all of that. Someone could say, I don't like you. Someone could say, hey, I'm not ready to be together with people. Someone might say, oh, you're not wearing a mask. You're freaking me out. Yeah, all of that. And yet we still need it. The measurements right now are we are the most lonely we've been in years. And we've got to thank our, our amygdala for that. Because it, it worked really hard to keep us safe through the pandemic. And if we treat it with love and respect and say, hey, amygdala, I call mine Vince. But it's kind of like this. So Vince, it always has this kind of like judgy tone to it. Okay, Vince, let's figure this out, buddy. But if we treat it with love, we go, hey, look, I know you've tried to protect me. You took care of me through a pandemic. You got me through. You are awesome, but I don't need that right now. I need connection. I need to see the faces of people to know that socially, we're okay. When I look at them, they smile back at me. I need to reach out to people in my lives. I need to have gatherings again. I need to have people around me. If you're thinking, Vince, I'm an introvert, this doesn't happen. Yeah, I'm an introvert too. We just do it in smaller groups. But as you can see from my calendar, I haven't been doing it. When we have this relationship between our ambassadors and our amygdala, when we can say, hey, look, thank you, but the threat's not active right now, we can start living in a new way. That is Alia. That is how we come back after a pandemic. 
my encouragement for you today is to hear the tone of this song. As you say your name of your amygdala, again, I call mine Vince, if you, whatever, however you call yours, speak in this kind of tone. And I guarantee you, your amygdala will start to calm down. Opportunities will start to open up. Connections will start to happen. And we will slowly start the process of coming out of this pandemic. As they play, I want you to just hear the tone and try and speak to yourself in that tone if you can. Could we talk to ourselves that way? Could we tell the part of ourselves that is worried about threat, that's tried to keep us safe for the last two and a half years, that we want you to feel the love. We love you. And it's time to step out. It's time to reconnect. It's time to alley. It's time to come back. If you're open to it, if your amygdala is not saying to you right now, that guy's full of crap, ignore everything he says. There's threat everywhere. We're early, we're done early today. I did it deliberately. Because I want you guys to practice this. Part of you is going to want to jump out of here. Your brain's going to tell you you have all sorts of things you need to do. I have to be here. I have to do that. You know, blah, blah, blah. Oh, this is awkward. Thank you. I love you. I'm going to ignore you now. Look around. You're all people who came to the gym physically. Go talk to somebody. Yes, your amygdala is going to tell you that's ridiculous. There's no way you should do that. These people are freaky, whatever. But you're all thinking it. You're all thinking about each other. You're pointing at each other going, that person's scary. They're going, that person's scary. Thank you. I love you. Feel the love. And still, reach out. Our nervous systems were never designed to be alone like this. I'm not saying big groups. I'm an introvert. It's one-on-one action. For the Jeffs of the world, it's 50,000 on one. I don't know how he does that. Whatever flavor you like, do it. Don't hesitate. Alia, come back. Rebuild. Ezra, it took them four Alias. Took them, I don't know, 100 years to do it. They had a few more things they had to deal with. We get to learn from their mistakes. I wanna encourage you this year, as we come into September, let this be a time when the ambassadors run our lives. And we've refined connection again. It's not the same as it was, it's new. That's my prayer for you and my prayer for me. And if you're open to it, send me an email, vince at friendchurch.ca. Get on my calendar. Let's have a coffee together, okay? Just one of y'all, though. I can't have four of you. It's crazy. Have a great week, everybody.